As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. It's 755 is real, and I'm David O'Brien, and I'm with my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. I'm with the Athletic, of course. And uh Eric, we got a lot of stuff to good to report on lately that's been good. Yes. <laughs> Funny how a lot of the Twitter uh, comments have <laughs> changed dramatically and also lessened. There's the volume, the sheer volume of Twitter comments goes down a great degree when the Braves are doing so many things right. I, I, funny how that works. Eight I, in I, a row, I, right? I mean, that'll do it. Eight in a row, and it's not just that they're beating up on some teams they should beat up on, which you've got to do. Um, you play the schedule, you know. You hear these yeah. people. You hear some people that are just misanthropic and just want to be miserable that say, yeah, yeah, do it when they have to. They, they play the schedule, man, you know. All the teams in the division are going to play the same schedule as far as division opponents, um, the Mets people were saying, you know, the Mets have been playing the Padres and the Dodgers. Well, the Braves already played the Padres and the yeah. Dodgers, you know, and they did better against the Padres. I think uh, I those two teams together, I think, than the Mets did. But anyway, it's uh, the important thing for the Braves is they've cut this lead down, which was getting to look, it was getting to be a little unwieldy when it got in double digits. Yeah. They've gone from 10 and a half games to six and a half since this, this run started which they have not lost in June yet. They're 8-0 in June. If you – honest, I mean, if you take a five-game lead into September, you're not comfortable. Right. So to, to cut it to six and a half now, I mean, there's – Now like it's – Like we said, there's – yeah. Very doable. You can get in this. Yeah. Ten very is doable. – Very doable when you've brought it from ten and a half to six and a half. It doesn't even seem yeah. big anymore, you know? Yeah. When it, when it was when it was all at zero and the Mets build a six and a half game lead, it seems like a lot. But now yeah. you've almost cut it in half in one in eight days, eight games. Yeah. So, um, we talked about the team meeting. I wrote about it today, and I thought it was pretty fascinating to talk to some people about uh, how SNED operates and all that. It's all in the story I wrote today, but. You know, the stuff that we've talked about at length about SNIT was reiterated with everybody I talked to yesterday, be it from Travis Darno to Guillermo Heredia to Dansby Swanson, uh, Adam Duvall. All, all, these people all talked about 
what a stabilizing influence it is. And, and as Darno said, I can't even put into words really for people outside to understand how important it is to have SNIT, how vital it's been to have SNIT these last couple of years to go through the last year through the first, not getting over 500 until August to have a manager who never panicked, never, yep. you never looked down and see him shaking his head or frustrated during the games and all that. And, uh, and to get through this, this first part wasn't even that difficult for them because of Snit. And, the, you know, he calls a team meeting, but he's not yelling and all that. He just says, guys, let's get together. I want to say some things. And he reminded them who they are. And he said, we're not, it's not yeah. that we're not playing hard. We're playing hard. We can just play better. We got to clean it up and it's time to do it. We're the Atlanta Braves. Let's just play mm -hmm. like it. Let's play like we, what we can do. And uh, the message got through to him, obviously. Yeah. It, you know, those – Sometimes it's just kind of a refocusing, especially early on in the season. Yeah, that's everything the word gets, they used. Just a refocus. You know, everything gets amplified early in the season. Your personal struggles. A lot of times you're trying to get your numbers set and trying to put yourself in a position to have a good year. And you need to refocus that, you know, it's a team thing. And I'm not saying anybody was doing that, but there's always just so much going on early in the year. So many things to get distracted by. Um so many things you're trying to establish and and just Nick kind of coming in and saying, Hey guys, it's, it's time to lock in and, and start playing good baseball. And I think he picked the perfect time for it. Just from the fact of those two games they lost are games they should have won. <coughs> yeah. And if yeah. they were playing, I, I guarantee you, if they just got beat those two days or just, yeah. you know, like you, there's still, you don't hit and it happens. You, you pitch like shit and it happens. There's times where guys just aren't performing, but they're trying their ass off and that's not the time to have a team meeting and tell guys you have to be better players because they already right. know that and they're already trying their ass off. But when you play sloppy baseball, that's the perfect time to just tell everybody to rein it in and like, this is not us. We got to focus. So I think he, he timed it pretty well. And also I think it's, you know, if I was a manager, I'd probably time it too against that weakest part of the schedule. Cause it, it makes it, it makes it easier for everybody to pull together and you got a better chance to beat these teams. But as far as that goes, this is what you're supposed to do. You know, you, you yeah. can't discredit a team for beating the teams they're supposed to be. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. And then against the really good teams, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets, like, you battle. And and you're not going to go 8-0 against those teams. But when you play these really bad ones, that's when you have to rack up wins. So you can't discredit a team for that because that's what they're supposed to do. And that's what you have to do to win a division. Yeah, I mean... I think at the time, you know, they were 0-2 against the, the Diamondbacks. They were coming out for an afternoon game, easy to go out, yeah, drag an ass. And, and I think he could see getting swept in Arizona and then having to go to Colorado. And, you know, you're already at 10 and a half games down. And I think he could see it being, you know, this looming. The, they were getting thrown out on the bases, type, trying, you know, being overly aggressive. They were making mistakes in the field, just doing some sloppy stuff, not executing pitches, you know. And, and, I, and like you said, a lot of the players said that they just need reminders sometimes of, hey, let's refocus, do what we've learned, what we what we know we can do, what we're capable of yeah. doing, and realize we got a lot of baseball left and now's the time to get going. And uh, and, and and to a man, that's what they said, that it was great to be reminded to, to just to get them refocused and all on the same page again. And uh, because uh, like Dansby was saying, it's so important in a long season like this that you can get in a rut and not even realize you're in it when you do the yeah. same thing every day. You just play every day. You come, you play, you come, you play. You don't have, you know, so many off days to look to go over stuff and everything. You're just playing every day. 
He said, yep. sometimes it's to have your guy, your guy. And he says, the manager, he goes, there's no skirting it. Dansby said, the manager is your leader. You know, yes. whether you have a team leader or whatever, the manager is still the leader. The team takes his personality. The team has his personality. And that's to not panic, to be patient. And that has really gotten through them, through them, through this, this last couple of years, all the diversity they faced. And uh, he said for Snit to stand in front of them, they realized, you know, he got their attention, just calling a team meeting. And then just to remind them of the basic things, the fundamentals to play like they can play. And, uh, and he said, they, they, it's, they all said it's worked because we've played since then we've played entirely different. You know, they've played focused, good, clean baseball. Yeah, and the message of, you know, we're better than this and and remember how good you are versus just yelling and screaming. You know, cuz yeah. there's you can have a you can have a team meeting that puts more pressure on the guys or takes pressure off, you know, and his tone I'm sure was just like, guys, we're we're better than this. It's time to lock it in and, and play good baseball and do what we do and be who we are versus you motherfucker, you got you guys are playing yeah. like this and uh, you, you you can put more pressure on the team with that situation where now they're playing tense. Like if, if we lose, it's a big deal versus no, we're just supposed to win and that's what we're going to go do. And that, you know, it's baseball is a weird sport, but it's, it's so, it's such a mental game and it's so much about the vibe and the energy that little things like this can make a difference. And you can't play this card 10 times a year. Yeah. You know, you, you have to pick yeah. your spots. Yeah. What wise, I really like Walt Weiss, man. Uh, former Seems like everybody does. Yeah, tough guy, tough, tough dude, and but a good dude that all the players respect. Um, you know, he can be not bad cop, but he can be the hard ass. But he's a good dude. But uh, he says he's learned so much from uh, from Snit uh, since since Walt managed in Colorado. We had a really bad situation there. Took over the team after they'd had the worst season in franchise history. They didn't have many play good players. Managed there four years, had had locked had knocked heads with a really bad general manager there, and uh, and basically you know forced to resign. Came over here, has been bench coach, and he said he's learned so much watching Snits, even this even keel and his patience, which and in the way that Snit is able to uh, to uh, turn the page every night. He said I couldn't do that. He goes and I'm trying. He goes I'm trying to learn that. I don't know if I'm good at it yet, but Snit. He goes, I really wore every loss. I'd go home. I couldn't sleep. He said, Snit is incredible how Snit, at the end of the night, when he leaves there, you can't tell whether they won or lost. Yeah, and, that's so important. And, and he said, that's what I'm trying to learn watching Snit is how you've got to be able to wash it off and go home and come back and start over again. And uh, and that's what Snit teaches is all you can do is, is, is win today. You can't yep. do anything about what happened yesterday. You can't. Uh, he goes. Tomorrow is a hundred years away. Win today. Play your best today. And 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 Walt said that's the message that got through. Um, he said when Snit came in that morning, that Wednesday morning in Phoenix, he said Snit and I talked about it before the day he was going to do it. He said he told me he couldn't sleep the night before, and he had some things on his mind. And he said, and I just said, you know what, Snit? All of the all of us need reminders from time to time. We need to be reminded of what we're supposed to be doing or going about it the right way. We all need those reminders. I don't care who you are. And that's all that meeting was. He goes, and shit, I don't think we've lost since, have we? That's what Walt said. And uh, and, and that's basically, that's exactly what Dansby said in a totally separate conversation I had with him yesterday is that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You need to be reminded sometimes, 
because you get in this rut and that's and and snit's meeting did exactly that with everybody um, yeah Dansby was was talked to about how snit has been such a great fit for this team because you know the, we've talked about the team that they've assembled it's a bunch of professional guys who work who go about their work the right way and all that so they don't take advantage of the type of manager that Snit is like Bobby Cox was, was similar. He had a clubhouse that he let police itself and they had guys who did that and didn't take advantage mm-hmm. of it. Yep. Well, Snit does that. And uh, Dansby said, you know, he lets us, he, he goes, he's him. Snit is who he is. And he lets us be who we are. And he said, and for the type of team it is, it's perfect. He goes, and there's a lot, even a lot of little things like uh, Dansby mentioned people, stuff that people don't see. Like every day, and I didn't even know this, that every day is optional BP at home for the Braves. Every day. Dang, I didn't know that. Yep. And he said that means that, you know, they can't just do whatever they want. They let them know. But like Dansby said, if some guy's got something going on at home or if he's banged up, nicked up, doesn't think he can, he, he, he wants to hit that day, he goes, as long as you're ready at 720 to play the game, that's what matters. And that's what Snitz stresses. So if a guy needs to take off that day, uh, get treatment instead, just do it. Don't even tell – just do it. Go to the training room. And Sniff says, like when Mallory, his fiance, when she's in town, because she's a professional soccer player, when she's in town, if I need to stay at the house a little longer so I can spend some time with her, have lunch or whatever, do it. Skip BP that day. Be ready to play at 720. And Snit lets these guys do that, and they don't take advantage of it because of the yeah. type of team they have. And you have to have the right group to do that because a lot right. of guys would just show up hungover and – Right. It's easy to get. It's easy if you don't have the right core group of guys for something like that to get carried away. But, right. you know, I mean, for me, and that's UCLA, why Alex and Snip have worked so good hand in hand because Alex has valued that. So well, put you so much have stress to, on that. Yeah. You have to have a good GM watching that because there's a lot of GMs that would see that and be like, you know, why isn't this guy out here? Why isn't that guy out here? You know, right. are, are you not trying or why are you being so easy on this? And same time, there's managers that when they start struggling, they start doing more. You know, you lose two in a row, you got early work. And you probably lost two in a row coming off a tough trip or, or the guys are worn down already. And they want to push them harder to show the GM, you know, they're worried yeah. about their job. I'm down here working. Look, I got I got the whole – we made an error yesterday. You know, you make two right. errors. We got the whole infield taking infield at 2 o'clock. And the guys are just sitting there like, what the hell are we doing? You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's June 45th and we're, we're taking – you yeah. know, our, our extra BP, extra rounds, you know, we're, we're doing eyewash is what everybody calls it because it's, it's work you do for it to be seen, not necessarily to get better. And what would be better for those guys that day is just, you know what, take it easy, hit in the cage, lock in tonight when the game starts. And, and, you know, I think, I don't know if that's something you can teach, but Snit definitely learned a lot from Bobby just watching him, you know, you just absorb those things and, and seeing how successful Bobby was running yeah. a clubhouse like that. It's kind of like Bobby had, you know, that team was built around the starting pitchers and yep. he let those guys. And the reason those guys stayed with the Braves so long, took less money to stay with the Braves. It was a time with different free agency, obviously, but they stayed with the Braves because they loved the fact that Bobby treated them so well and let them yep. do their thing. As long as they were ready and keep kept producing, Bobby didn't just let them play golf. He urged them to go play golf with each other yep. because they would, they knew how important it was to them and it was their relaxation method. So those guys would be out playing golf every day when they weren't starting, you know, on their days when they weren't starting, they'd be playing golf on the road, like every day, just about the courses are all over the country. So 
Um, and Snit, that's the way he does this is with the guys at home. He understands that, you know, how hot it is here. You know, summer comes here and how yeah. much BP can take out of guys. And they, and they also, it's also important to note that they, none of them take advantage of it because the Braves, most of the guys are out there taking BP every day. A lot of them are out there taking early BP yeah. before regular BP. So it's not like they're, you know, hanging out and, uh, and lounging in the clubhouse, you know, instead of hitting if they should be hitting. A lot of them skip it and go hit in the cage instead if they want to work one-on-one with with sites or if they just want to go work on something by themselves in the cage, do it. So he just gives them a lot of uh, – he, he trusts them to be professionals and they respond accordingly, and I think they really respect him more. Uh, so when he does have something to say, when he does want a team meeting, they understand it's important because he doesn't yeah. do it all the time. They don't just roll their eyes and you know look at their phones while he's talking and all that stuff. They're like sitting there and rapt attention – listen to what he's saying and it, and it, it drives him a point without having to scream. Yeah. You have to have those, I wouldn't call them silent leaders, but just guys that, you know, when you piss them off, there, yeah. there was always guys on the team that when they spoke up, all right, we messed up, you know, like uh, Nick right. Marcakis, if he comes over and says something to you, you know, with 100% certainty, you're wrong. Cause right. if you piss this guy off, you're really out of line, but you have to have those leaders that, that are always doing everything right, always have a good attitude, even keel. And you know, when you cross the line with them, like it's a wake up call. Like, all right, I got to get my things together because if you have the guys that are just, you know, I've played for managers that are just always looking around at what everybody's doing for something to criticize. And what happens is when he's criticizing mm-hmm. somebody or pissed off at them, you're like, well, you were looking for it. You know, of course you can find something every day to, to pick at. But when you have guys that are trusting you and letting you go do your work and believing in you and you still piss them off, there's no doubt that you're the one out of line and you're wrong. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Duvall, Adam Duvall, who really has, uh, for the, this is huge for the Braves, and it looks like he's finally, you know, out of this yeah, long funk that he was it. in. Because since Saturday in Colorado, he made an adjustment with his posture. He's more upright. Uh, he's able to see the ball better, make a move on it as better as he said. Uh, but he was talking about how better, how much better they've played since that team meeting. He said, we definitely didn't feel like we were playing up to the standards we hold for ourselves. Um, for whatever reason, we couldn't get on that roll. It's good sometimes to bring everybody together and make sure we're all on the same page and just to kind of refocus a little bit, make sure that the number one goal at the end of the day is to win the game. Right now, everybody's pulling on the same side of the rope. We're playing good team baseball and fundamental baseball. And they are. Um, Guillermo Heredia said, I asked him, how how much does it help to have an, a, a manager 
during the times like you guys just went through where you, you know, you're struggling to get to 500 and you can't, you can't get on that roll. You can't even win more than two in a row. Um, how much does it help to have a manager like that? And last year when they didn't get over 500 till August, he said, it, 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 I think it helps a lot. This is already, he said, it helps the players remain calm and relaxed. It doesn't project that tension onto the playing field. It helps players remain calm and relaxed, like I said, and to wait, knowing that the good moments will come. Yeah. That's another thing Snit teaches all the time. And the quote from Snit to that point is, you have to weather storms. You get in streaks over the course of six months where there's nothing you can do. You've just got yeah. to wear it. And if you do, there's usually something good on the other side of it. You have to prepare and take every day as a separate entity and handle it because there's nothing you can do about it. Hopefully you get out of it sooner than later. Yeah, I was actually talking to my wife about that last night because we were talking about just how, you know, you take it into real life too, but just how numb you have to train yourself to be. You know, I'd come home in the off season and she'd be like, do you have any emotion? I feel like you're just dead inside. And I'd be like, you know, I've been training myself to feel nothing for six months straight for the entire season, whether it's high or low, whatever happens, you give up five runs yesterday or you strike out the side today. You're yeah. training yourself to be even keel. And that's what we called it. You never ride the roller coaster. So then I get into situations, you know, you're on Thanksgiving or something and everybody's having this big fight or whatever it is. You get into real life situations and you're around people that that aren't yeah. training themselves yeah. to control their emotions. <laughs> and you're just, just sitting there. Life. <laughs> yeah, they're just in the in the daily grind of regular life. You know, they're pissed at yeah. their boss or whatever it is. And you can just see people unable to control their emotions throughout a day. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there with this blank stare on my face, you know, cause it's, you're, you're so good. That's the most right. important thing throughout a major league season. Those 162, <laughs> if you get yeah. high when you're high and then crash when you're down, right. it is such a mental grind and it takes so much energy out of you. So the Sue was saying, you know, like I would be around you and somebody <laughs> cuts you off in traffic and she's like, you know, my brother-in-law, somebody I know would just be screaming at a car if this happened. You just yeah. have this blank stare on your face. You're not even phased. And it's it's kind of like that's that's how you have to train yourself to be to get through yeah. all the ups and downs of a major league season. And so when you have a manager that's able to do that, you know, yeah. this is the one I bring up all the time is you pitch bad the night before and you walk by your manager in the hallway. 70, 80 percent of managers, they might still hi say say hi to you, but yeah. you can feel this like. You're the guy that cost me the game last night. Like you yeah. can feel that energy. And when you walk by a manager and he genuinely looks like he doesn't even remember what you did yesterday. He says hi to you like he said right. hi to you day two of spring training. What's right. up, Oh, You right. know, like Bobby always did. Way to go. You walk by and your hallway. Way to go. Too. Yeah, and, it's, it's and, the same way. But it's so important because there's that kind of tips the scale, you know, that that can that can send you and remind you into that place of, oh, yeah, I did screw up the game yesterday. Or it can be, oh, yesterday's gone. And when you walk by your manager and he's just pats you on the ass and says, way to go for no reason, you're like, I guess he's not worried about yesterday. I'm not going to worry about it either. But when you have one of those managers that you can just feel, you know, they're changing the bullpen rolls every time or, or the bullpen phone's ringing in the third inning because this guy had a, a bad start last time and it's a new guy. Or I pitched bad yesterday in the seventh. Now I'm warming up in the third today. They take you with them on that on that roller coaster, and it's it's really hard as a player not to ride it too. That's why it's so important to have a, a stable force, you know, at the helm. Yeah, Guillermo said about that meeting. Heredia said he was the same way at the meeting that he is in the dugout, just more of a conversation, more of a reminder. He reminded us that yeah. we were world champions last year, and we didn't just get there because we wanted it. 
everyone worked hard and we put in the work. That's how we got there. So he reminded us to keep going. And now you're kind of seeing the results of that. So, um, last night, I thought last night, Max free, kind of like we talked about the other day with Charlie had that terrible first inning. Max didn't have a terrible inning, but he had a lot more traffic last night than he normally does. And then you look at it at the end of the day and it's another Max Freed start. He gives up one run again, um, goes six innings, lowers, you know, he's one, he's one, he's six and on his last 10 starts. ZRA is around two, five, five, four, I think now. What is it? Um, I mean, that's what he is now where he gives up three hits yeah. in an inning and, and no runs because he picks off the first guy who I, I don't know if the guy had not watched film or not, but he did not. Obviously he gets, <laughs> he gets that leadoff single last night to start the game Try, takes this big lead against Max. I'm like, are you kidding me? Max threw him out. Like, are you, Max just kind of threw him out. Like, well, that was easy. Right. Yeah. Max has more pickoffs than anybody in the majors since he debuted in 17. Yeah. But this guy acted like he was a right-hander without a good pickoff move. <laughs> he just threw him out. It was like not even close. Yeah, and that, that's hell? another team thing, too, is you, you got your guys communicating that this guy has a great move, and maybe it wasn't communicated right. to him. But I don't know how you could get – it's not like Max is new. Yeah. He's been picking people off yeah. for a while. But that stuff happens, you know, especially on teams that are – I don't know what the Pirates are doing. Yeah. Uh, so they got three hits in the first inning and didn't score. The only, the only run they scored was on a home run. <laughs> they had two. They had eight hits in six innings against him, and, and the only hit that produced a run was the home run. So, yeah. No walks, again, which is huge for him. I, I thought uh, he didn't even have his great stuff last night, and he still was able to do that. I think that just kind of separates the really good pitchers from the great ones. And Max, is he's an ace now, man. He's an yeah. ace, bona fide ace. I think for him, you know, his, his 2019, 2020, I was still – I wouldn't say I was on the fence about him, but I didn't know I – w- I wouldn't want to coin him an ace. Right. Um, you knew he had the stuff, but he still kind of had his ups and downs. He kept having right. blisters and things like that. And right. Maybe a start like today might get away from him. Um, yeah. The last last year and now this year, it's hard not to call him an ace because yeah. you have a start like yesterday where he's kind of battling a little early on. And then once he settles in, and that's what an ace is, is the guys that you can't let him get comfortable. And yeah. once Max gets comfortable, good luck. It's really been since, you know, the all-star break or just before last year. Cause he yeah. had last year, he had the hamstring early and he had the blister early two DL stints. And then since the all-star break, he's been as good as any pitcher in the major leagues, yeah. if not better. I mean, he's been yep. phenomenal. And yep. the consistency that is there now where he goes six, seven, eight innings every time out, every time. And he's just, he's the guy you can turn to now. And if, if, if you have, if you've lost a couple of games, you know, that he's going to stop it. If you're winning, you know, he's going to continue it. And it's just who he is. And uh, that was impressive. And then the bullpen comes in. And I can't say enough about these guys, man. They're doing – they, you know, lost Luke Jackson before the season started. Yeah. Lost Tyler Matzik, who was their best reliever last year. They lost him, you know, a few weeks ago. You know, he'll, he'll probably be out at least another couple of weeks. He's going to have to do an IL stand. He's throwing again, but he's going to need an IL stand. Yeah. Uh, and then Colin McHugh, the last few days, has been out with the uh, with the COVID. And they keep going out and do like they did last night. Three perfect innings. Yeah. They got the best bullpen ERA in the majors now. Yeah, and you don't even and, feel like they're they're rolling yet. Right, right, right. I it's, think Mentor, uh, I mean, obviously Mentor's been huge, but he he's finally for me, he's that guy that that he that you knew he could be. And he's yeah, he's taken it even this year, he's taken it to another level. 
I'm looking at Max's numbers. Six and two, two, six, four ERA. He had, I think, like one start where he gave up some. Um, the big one says uh, 75 innings, 12 starts, 69 strikeouts, 12 walks. Yeah. That'll work. Those, that five. works. That's that's almost that's more than five to one strikeout to walk ratio. I mean, that place. That's 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 outstanding. Uh, the whip is what is the whip ranks him? Nah, he's top. He's basically top twenty in the majors in everything. Whips one point oh four. Um, he's just he's just doing it. So if you add him, and then with Kyle Wright turning into what he's doing, you know now you got. You know, they've more than picked up the slack with Charlie, you know, showing his age a little bit this year. Uh, and then Ian Anderson pitching like a real solid middle of the rotation guy. It's a it's a yeah. pretty good rotation, man. If you get Soroka for down the stretch, that's a big if. But if you do, uh, or if, uh, you know, the kid Strider keeps putting, keeps improving, this it's a really good rotation that's even deeper than it has been in recent years. Yeah, they're going to have those those tough but good decisions to make. You know, yeah. if, if Soroka comes back and he's yeah. looking like himself and Strider's throwing the ball well, you're going to have a, a nice full rotation. Man, I'm looking at that in, in the top 20 in the majors right now. You're right and Max are right there together. Right is six and three with a 239 ERA and a 1.02 whip, 192 opponents average. I mean, his numbers are even better than Max's, you know, overall. 73 strikeouts, 23 walks for free, for right. Those two yeah. guys are getting it done, man. Jesus. That's yeah, a, that, I mean, so that's, the ERA is about 2-5 between the two of them with a 12-5 and five record. And you're talking about 142, 142 strikeouts and 35 walks. Yeah. <laughs> you're winning those games. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's as good a one-two combination as, any, as anybody in the majors, really. You know, I know, I know the Yankees have, you know, Cortez, Cortez has been really great with uh, Montgomery has been, been pretty good for them. Um, and then obviously Cole, uh, Garrett Cole, but, but yeah. Cole's, you know, had a couple of bad starts too. So his numbers aren't as good overall as Max Fried and Wright. So I, I, I'd take, I'd take that combo. Uh, I'm th- trying to think if anybody else has got a better combo one, two, I'd take them over of anybody. One, two, yeah. uh, Miami, the Miami guys, Lopez and Alcantara have been cr- tremendous. That yeah. would be the, it's fun. It's funny that you got to go in the division for the best one, two combos in the, in, in baseball, arguably right now, unless I'm, th- yeah. unless I'm leaving somebody out, those ties have been the well, best. I think if the Mets get Scherzer and DeGrom healthy, I mean, that's, well, yeah, obviously that's another uh, tier, but they're not, they're not healthy right now. Talon, Talon, that's the other guy uh, with the Yankees. I think that's how, that's yeah. how you pronounce his name, right? Talon, he's been great. At Eleven starts, six one two seven but three. So, even getting past those two, you know, you have Ian too, and yeah, he he's not, you know, he he could be an ace at some point or the top of the rotation. But even just having him where he's at and pitching the way he is, just solid starters. Like the each each solid starter you get when you get to those teams that have a number five, that's just a loss. You yeah, know, that you know you're going to have to battle with. That's where you. That's where you really struggle because you're just giving away a game every five days. But they don't. They don't really have that hole either. I mean, I know Strider's last one wasn't great, but I don't give that any any credit. Being in in Colorado, I'm interested Absolutely. in his next one. Absolutely, so he, and, and the one and one before that, 
by the way, did you know they didn't make an announcement, but two of the earned runs that he got in that start in Arizona were removed. They made a scoring change, which well, they should have. That was the assume the double play, right? They they yeah. gave Olsen an error on that double play ball. Yeah, they took two of his run, earned runs off, so that was good. Um, looking at it in the National League, Wright and Freed now ranked fifth and seventh in ERA in the National League. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah, I mean, they're pitching even better than the Milwaukee duo, you know? Um, yeah, that's the other so, one that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very good, yeah. And the Cardinals got a couple of guys pitching really well, but not 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 quite with the, the Braves level, but with uh, Wayne Wright and uh, – uh, Dakota Hudson, but not, not, and they're getting, um, Nicholas has been really good, but not as good as those two guys with the brace. But, um, looking at what, uh, a couple of these dudes have done recently, Duvall, I mean, that slump was getting really long with Adam, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. He was down to hitting 186 with a 517 OPS on, uh, June 3rd after two yeah. games in Colorado. In the four games since then, I know it's just four games, but he is seven for 16, two doubles, a triple, two homers, five ribbies, uh, 1,063 slugging percentage. <laughs> yeah. Slugging well, percentage. The thing about him was he had so many big hits. You know, like he's he's an RBI guy. And when it seems like he was coming up in a lot of important at-bats, and yeah. when you're going as bad as he's going, you can have all the guts in the world. You know, Like when you're just lost at the dish and missing pitches and chasing – you know, he just looked lost at the plate. And, it, you know, now when he gets out, his at-bats, they're not looking the same. You know, he's hitting the ball hard a lot more. Um, but he's he's going to be a big piece, especially if he can get going. And it seems like as soon as he got going, the whole offense has been raking too. Yeah, it's a different lineup. He had so much depth. Uh, and then what Michael Harris has done, you know, after those first three games, he's added a whole lot to the, to the offense on top of playing spectacular defense. He finally missed a ball last night on one of those yeah. one of those Andrew Jones coming in catches. Yep. Very difficult when he finally uh, he finally missed one. I was like, whoa, you get so already so used to him making those that it, when he doesn't, it's like, okay, he is human. But uh, I thought another thing that kind of got overlooked last night was because uh, it didn't. It didn't amount to an out because the guy didn't wisely didn't test uh didn't test uh, oh, that Acuna's, throw. <laughs> Acuna's arm. How about that throw though, man? Wow, 98. you don't see many guys throw it like that anymore. In the, in the he, has a, he he has one of the best arms. I mean, just from what I've seen, I've never seen him throw in person. But when he threw that ball in Arizona and BP, yeah, three seventy with no crow hop. I mean, there's there's probably a handful of guys in the game that can throw a ball that far with or without a crow hop. Um, but yesterday, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish people would test him and he's begging them to test him, but I think most of the league knows by now it's not a good move. It's t- it was interesting. Cause I was talking uh, to Snit the other day, we were talking a couple other guys about, uh, we were naming guys with great outfield arms from the past. And we're like, you don't see it much anymore because guys don't work on it anymore. Guys yeah. used to go out there and throw, make those throws and they don't do it anymore. Since they just don't, they don't, they don't take the time to do it. They want to get in there and hit home runs and batting practice. And, you know, they don't get out there and practice throws and make long throws, uh, uh, you know, like guys used to. So, and, but you don't see them much in the, in the games anymore. Those, those Like a Jose Guillen, Vlad Guerrero type arm. That's what, that's what Acuna has. Yeah. Back in the day, man, I'm going further back. You go back to Dave Parker and guys like that, you know, Bo Jackson, you know, Clemente. Boy, yeah, yeah. I mean, Harold Baines. You don't see those yeah. guys throwing it from 
you know, the warning track or just in front of it in the air to the base anymore. Yeah. And, and Acuna did it last night. He got it in the air from way deep. That yeah. was, yeah. They and still, know it's, it's controlled. You know, it's not like yeah. he, he sprinted and then just air melded. It's, right. he takes one step and lets it eat and it's on target. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Harris's last nine games at the plate, he is, because he started one one for nine when he was a little antsy at the plate, obviously. His last nine at the plate, he is hitting 314, 11 for 35, four doubles, a triple. Missed a homer in Arizona that would have been a home run in like uh, 24 ballparks was yeah. the, was the figure. Five ribbies, uh, five runs. He's got an 819 OPS now in that nine-game stretch. So, I mean, kids doing everything if he does he wanted that, to do. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. And now Acuna is looking like Acuna again offensively. So, offense all of a sudden, all the questions that you had, now they just disappeared overnight, it seems like, you know. I mean, still got a couple of guys that aren't hitting much, but Riley's raking. Dansby's still raking. He has been for some time now. Um, got you're getting big two out hits, which you were not getting at all early. You weren't getting hit any hits with runners in scoring position early. No. It seemed like in a lot of those games. Now you're getting a lot of two out hits with runners in scoring position. You got two of them last night. Two uh, uh, run scoring hits out of the three three runs. Two of them came with uh, on two out hits. Yeah, and those things are, you know, I mean, it's it's easy to point out and, and pick at and wonder why, but sometimes stuff just happens in baseball that doesn't make any sense. You know, uh, why are they not getting hits with runners in scoring position? We try to figure it out, and then nothing changes, and all of a sudden they're getting hits with runners in scoring right. position and winning games. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's why it's so important not to ride involved. the highs and lows. There's a ton There's of a luck, luck in baseball. Involved. It'll drive you crazy if you if you try to come up with an answer for everything happening. Yeah, I was just gonna a couple more things from Walt because I, I just love talking to Walt, man. Is uh, but he he had some really good insight last night, and and he said uh, was talking about Snit's patience, and he said, I'm sure he took a lot of that from Bobby, just being around Bobby as long as he was. He said, I took over a Rockies club that's coming off the worst season in franchise history, so there were, so there were tough days. But man, I admire Snit and how, although we've been very successful here, we've had our stretches where we struggled. I mean, it's just the nature of the game. But I've always admired how he handles these tough times. It's something I'm, I've definitely learned from him. I don't know if I'm good at it yet. I would really grind over those losses as a manager, take it home with me. Where I see Snit, he can wash it off. He clearly turns the page. When he leaves that night, you can never know if we, we won or lost. It's tough to do, but I think that's ideal for a manager because a manager does wear a loss tougher than anybody else. Yeah. And I said what Swanson had said about 
a team taking on the personality of its manager to a degree. And he said, Weiss said he totally agreed. He said, I noticed as a player and when I managed that anytime something goes wrong on the field, all the eyes in the dugout look at the manager to see how he's going to react. Camera pans right to him. Yep. He said, it's always that way. And Snit's great at remaining stoic in the dugout and not being reactionary or emotional whenever something good or bad really happens on the field. He said, I think you've got to enjoy your su the successes, but anytime something goes wrong on the field, every guy in the dugout looks at the manager. So the fact that he's calm and patient, I think the players feed off that. And he said oh, that yeah. patience probably was tested last year more than anything and his resilience. And you look at our club. I mean, our club had to get through it. And I think Snit's demeanor helped them do that. Um, it's funny. We talked about the difference in, in baseball and football because so many people are obviously football fans and it kind of don't right, separate the highs the and two. lows. Right. Every game and, matters. And Walt's a tough guy, man. He's like a mixed martial arts guy. Dude's got cauliflower ear at his age, you know, because he still does all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, and I told him, you know, about that that people don't understand. They look and want Snit to explode, you know. Every loss. Right. And he said, and, and he made a great point. And he said, you can't do that. He goes, it's not football. He goes, I always said, even as a player, in this game, you have to battle your emotions. Where in football, you have to feed off your emotion. In baseball, you have to keep your emotions in check because it's yeah. every single day, you know, seven, eight months even. So that's a strength, being able to yeah. do that. And, and I thought that was it's, perfectly put. Walt made his major league debut in 1987. He's still learning these lessons. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just there's so much to learn mentally in baseball and, and to take on from somebody that's able to not ride that roller coaster. But, yeah, if you if you go, I mean, if you treat every game like the World Series, you're burnt out by June. You have to remain even keeled. And yeah, again, I mean, that's just that's what Snit's great at. And you can't just read, you know, social media or hear people calling for, you know, people are frustrated. So they want you to show some emotion or explode like that's going to like a rant is going to, uh, you know, start a turnaround you know right like a, like people aren't going to see through that your players are going to see through that and see it as a sign of weakness they're not going to go there is it you know yeah if there's a reason to go out if somebody throws at acuna again like he could go on the field like he did that one time against the marlins when it's clear they were throwing at him but uh you don't just do it for nothing you know when they threw a charlie culberson in dc that year snip got thrown out of the game for one of the few times ever because he knew it was purposeful and they hit him in the face yeah. But you can't just explode every time, you know, Acuna gets hit in the elbow. I mean, it's people are going to see through that and they can see it as desperation or, or you know, on a missed call when they're not going to change the call anyway. You're just going to get ejected. And that's not going to, that's not going to spark your team. So, no. Anyway. Uh, by the way, I asked, I went and asked uh, after we had our last podcast, I went and asked uh, Michael Harris about Andrew being in the crowd and the cameras catching him going, wow, on that catch. He said, and, and he had seen it by then, and he said that was actually cool because he's a defensive wizard. So to impress someone like that, it's a good feeling. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he's enjoying it, man. The kid's enjoying the stuff while not getting caught up in it at all. I mean, he's like so mellow. Jesus, go talk to the guy. He's just like, you that's, never know he's there. I mean, that's what you're always looking for, you know. When you when you see that rookie get called up and they're they got that deer in the headlights look just talking to the media. You know, it's like when those lights come on, it's going to be hard yeah. for you, buddy. But the guys that are calm and, and, and act like they belong, but don't, you know, they don't have to go prove anything. They can just play. I always feel good about those players.
So they got three more against the Pirates, who are a lot better team than the Oakland A's, but not a good team. But the Oakland A's, boy, oh, my God, Eric, that is that is tragic. I feel bad for Kotze having to manage that team because they got no hope, not this year. They're terrible. I, f- I feel good for Bob Melvin. <laughs> yeah, they you are know, terrible. The, yep. Um, Man, he, 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 he timed that, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> wow, he saw that coming. Well, they did that, you know, that that's another tough thing about trying to build a winning culture or whatever. You know, in 2014, we traded Josh Donaldson, Jeff Samarja. You know, we, mm-hmm. we had a good team. We went to the playoffs and they just blew it up. We got right. to spring training in 2015 and it was just, I'm looking around the clubhouse like we were in the playoffs last year. How are we going right. to? And, it, you know, it, there's nothing better than playing for something bigger than yourself. You know, the, the teams that are just punching the clock. I remember Chris Johnson saying that about the Astros when they were doing their rebuild. He got traded over to us. You just had 25 guys punching yeah. the clock. And it's just misery, and it's a long season. But when you're chasing something as a unit, everybody yeah. plays better. You know, it'd be it'd be a tough – the guys that Oakland is really good for are guys like Pache because yeah. Yeah. he's going to get to play and figure out the big leagues. And that's yeah. part of why Oakland always has so many – prospects that come up and do well because they get to come up and play without pressure and and be about themselves but when you've gone through the grind of a major league season five six seven times and you're out of it april 25th it's a long year and you can just see the way the teams play that they're not really chasing anything and it's it's a tough spot to be in yeah i just talking to katsai man he impressed me he's really come a long way with handling the media and all that and his answers were great talking about pache talking about vote being brought up that day and all that and how they need the leadership vote provides and just had a lot of good answers and he didn't seem at all down from how they're playing even though he knows it's you know they've been terrible we gotta be realistic about it too right right and i'm sure they've told him that i just hope that he's able to get to to parlay this into a into a better managerial or be kept there until they get good. It's going to be a while. Until they get good, yeah. yeah. But you hate to be a manager and start your – I mean, he could start – he could be a good manager and start his career 120 and 200, you know, if he's there two years. Well, Snit know? went through that. Snit came up into not the best Braves team. Right, you know? but I at mean, least they were at the, towards, the, you know, the middle of the yeah, rebuild. But yeah, not the beginning. They had some good players still. Yeah, Man, Oakland traded almost everybody. Yeah, yeah, the Braves God. got one of them. Manea's over in San Diego. Yeah, they're everywhere. They cast him, Chapman. All they got rid of everybody. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was rough. You could see the man. All the people were putting great captions on the photos I posted of uh, Olson hugging all his teammates. People putting great pat captions on it, like, <laughs> man, what's it like to play in front of fans? <laughs> 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 man. Well, that's another yeah. thing that's really hard too. Is is you know, you you feed off that home crowd playing in front of three thousand a night, right? And they come here and they play uh, the Braves on Tuesday and Wednesday against the Oakland A's, and the crowds were like thirty five to thirty nine thousand. They've been packing truest. They've had some giveaways, but that that they're not every night. You know, that's what promotions are supposed to be for. But everybody has promotions. The Braves are they've had thirteen sellouts already. Yeah. I mean, for a Thursday night game against the Pirates last night with no promotional giveaway, they had 39,000. Those are the kind of games that used to draw 14 at, <laughs> at the end at Turner Field. Yeah. 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 So they're third in the majors in home attendance. Yeah. Behind, I mean, behind the Dodgers and Cardinals, two teams that always draw huge crowds. Well, the Dodgers the have 60,000 seats too. Yeah. Ahead of the Yankees. They're ahead of the Yankees who are having the best season they've had in forever. In a metro area, 
They're ahead of the Yankees. So, I mean, it's well, it looks like just watching on TV, it looks like that it's fans showing up. You know, I mean, we yeah. used to go to games in San Diego and it felt like people that were just walking by and decided to see a ball game. Right. Until they got outside good. in the beautiful weather. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've got nothing else to do, but it, it seems yeah. like these Braves games, like, it seems like the crowds are legit. Yeah. They're Braves into it. fans. Like, they're it feels like it, an man. atmosphere and an, uh, a good energy it's like, in there. It's like an energy infusion over recent years, you know, the yeah. last couple of years. Really, since they moved to Truist, it's gotten better and better and better because they've had good teams. They won a division four straight years, and now they're defending World Series champs. But the crowds have really been surpassed what I expected. I mean, I knew they'd be good this year after winning the World Series, but every night, regardless of who the opponent is, yeah. it's got a, it's, it's a, it's a, they've built a pretty good, uh, pretty good atmosphere out there for sure. With and the a fun team to watch. Able. Yeah, and people can come now hours early and hang out, you know, where they couldn't do that at Turner Field. So it's worked. I didn't like the move when they made it, but now I understand why they did it because it's worked. Yep. All right. Well, they got three more against the Rockies, and then they go on a road trip that starts with the Nationals, who are terrible. So, I mean, I'm not going to say Check the streak's going to get, I'm not going to say the streak's going to get, you know, 15 games because they're going to probably play one bad game or our opponent's going to pitch a really good game like the Pirates. Some, you know, the Pirates are not a terrible team. People forget the Pirates swept the Dodgers out there yeah. and won two out of three against them in Pittsburgh. Well, they have Five a really good bullpen. One. So, Their bullpen's good. You know, I'm not going to be surprised at all if the Pirates win a game. I'd be kind of surprised if the Braves swept four from them, even as well as the Braves are playing. But, uh, they have a stretch now with four coming up against the Nationals, three more against the Pirates. You know, that's seven more games. They've won eight in a row. Um, they could easily have a 14 and one stretch, if not 15 and 0, but they could have a 14 and one stretch before you go play the Cubs. Four games against the Cubs, or three games against the Cubs, three day games against the Cubs. That's a little bit yeah, of a challenge, three day games against the Cubs, but yeah, that is not fun, but. It's nice at night, but you know, it's, yeah. these are the stretches that get you hot. You know, yeah. I mean, when you're, yeah. when you're grinding against good teams and the good teams right. that make you pay for every mistake, it, it, it's tough to get going, but I wouldn't be surprised if this stretch, if they play really good baseball throughout this stretch, that this is the type of thing that gets them hot and they keep playing good baseball. You get your confidence from it. Yeah. A couple of players told me, I forgot who told me the other day, said, yeah, you know, early on it was like teams, we want teams to say, oh, man, we're playing the Braves and and be worried about it. And said, because early on I think teams were going like, oh, they're playing the Braves. We got a chance to win this series. Yeah, they're (laughs) not the same. Yeah. Yeah, right. So. No, when you if you play a team, it doesn't matter who they've played. If they've won 14 out of 15. No, no, no no doubt. Yeah. You know you better pack a lunch. Um. And now the Mets have had a couple of injuries, so we'll see. This is a time to really take advantage of it and gain on them. Because once, once you gain and caught, you know, if, you, if you've basically, if you can get within a couple of games of the Mets, it just changes everything. Then it's all of a sudden, all right, now we're and you've got a lot of head-to-head games against them. Yeah, and that so New York pressure is not kicking in with a ten-game lead. Right. But if you get and it you down to three, a, you want to get it down before they get Scherzer back and before they potentially yeah. get Degrom back at the round the Oscar break or whatever. Yeah. They're doing the right stuff. All right. We'll talk again, uh, guys. Thanks, everybody, for for listening and grading us and all that. Give us good votes, uh, whatever you do on uh, YouTube. (laughs) Give us the thumbs up. (laughs) Give us a fuck yeah. (laughs) All right. 755 is real. We'll talk again soon. All right.